brothers and sisters, welcome to my podcast. I go by many different names. My spiritual name is Seven, but because of my staff, and I'm more of an Old Testament teacher, people call me Moses. Moses, it's so good to be here. I, I, I guess the, the first question I have is your origin story. Where are you from originally? I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, I left at the age of 12. But um, it was around a time when they was really working on the Chesapeake, mm-hmm. developing it and making it such the um, centerpiece of Baltimore, Maryland. Like They've that, done a great job. That inner, and, is that called the Inner Harbor, that area? Right, the Got Inner it. Harbor. So they, they've done a great job, and it's something that the city really needed. Yeah. To, um, just to, instead of it being surrounded by places like New York City, Washington, D.C., we had something that we can say, look, at the accomplishment that engineers and the, and the city came together with and made it so beautiful. Well, it's, it sounds like you have a lot of pride for Baltimore, but you left at age 12. Where did you head to? Well, we came down. First, we went to Fairville, North Carolina, and stayed with the aunt for um, about a year. And after that, we came to the Queen City. And I take, this is where I grew up. I gotcha. I became... I was into puberty, um, young adult, and this is where I became a man because the reason we came down is because my mother and my father decided to part ways. Mm-hmm. So everything I had learned up until that point of being a man, I learned from my father. So it, it was up to me to take everything that he had stilled upon me about being a man, respect, love, show support for all your brothers and sisters, no matter what they look like, their backgrounds or anything. Always have your pants pulled up, mm-hmm. look like you know, you're ready to be able to represent yourself. So it was it was a fit for me when I came to the Queen City because where the Queen's at that's where the kings dwell. But I found people that took me in from the South, from um, white nations, um, nations of color, and I, they really helped me, you know, being uh, separated from my father and everything. Gotcha. Now, when you say father in that, you mean kind of your earthly father, your dad. My earthly father. Now, you also say father when you mean your father up above. And and what do you mean by that? Well, Psalms 82 talks about they were having a problem and they was coming down to the divine council. They had a meeting where the father the creator of all sits in the midst of the divine council and judges amongst the gods. And it was like, when are you going to start taking care of the poor, the widow, those that's been beat down, mm-hmm. never given a fair shot? How long are you going to let wickedness prevail? And his response was, 
His situation is this. I told you you were gods. All of you are gods. All of you are sons of the utmost high. See, only cats make cats. Only dogs make dogs. Only bats make bats. Only the father of gods that created everything. He says before me there were no gods. You know, you're a child of God whether you want to be or not because can't nobody else say that they made you other than your parents and he made them. I mean, we've, we've been friends for about two months now and that's been kind of the thing we've constantly talked about and, and I believe that's your message is that everyone is made in God's image and everyone loves each other. Is that kind of what your your message boils down to? Yes. The thing is because of... Um, because of organizations and those that want to control Boardwalk, Park Avenue, on a game Monopoly, they have institutions set up that are functioning. Um, they are well and healthy, but those that don't, that 1% or 10% that don't live on that expensive road, mm-hmm. then... Where we feel like we've been left out, and it's not everybody on those um, on that side of the board that feel that way. A lot have taken a bad rap for being like, you know, we're better than you. Mm-hmm. A lot, there's a lot of people that live on that board and work hard to be where they're at, and they just want to be treated as equal as a child of God and have, you know, open arms for you. But because of organizations, if you're looking at them slant-eyed, how are they supposed to look at you? Because you never got a chance to hold the door open for them, wave at them, or ask them how they did on that golf game, and you see them walking with golf clubs, Mm -hmm. you know, my father in heaven says, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. And that's kind of what you do is is you, in the past few years, and ha- how long have you been doing it? You've been on the street being friendly and becoming friends with people based on what you're sharing. How long have you been doing that? Well, I'd say seven years because um, that's my spiritual name, Seven. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, most people call me Moses because of my staffs. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm more of an Old Testament kind of guy, and so. Uh, but it's been like ten years. Gotcha. And you, so ten years, you've been with your staff, and, and what is that? What do you do? Kind of what? It, what is your ministry? My ministry is to remind people and teach them something that I don't believe people have been informed that. You really can't be a racist unless you're into genocide because we're all a part of the human race. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be a bigot and hate people based upon their haircut, the color of their skin, their weight, their height, or, you know, their uh, where they were raised at or where they live at. You can just be a discriminator, but to say that you're a racist, well, you're committing genocide because we're all a part of the human race. 
Yeah. So you, you're out there, you're talking to people, waving it. And I think I've heard you do this before. You have different little messages based on how long the traffic light is. Is that correct? Absolutely. What are the different links? Okay. At a good light, I get about 90 seconds. Gotcha. That's between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. People are out of work. Uh, they got something to eat at the convenience store or at a um, rest, uh, restaurant or drive-thru. Mm-hmm. And so the light that's further up from me is red, but this light is still green. They have nowhere to go. That's a 90-second light. Okay. So without notes or anything, I adapt and say, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. So I get to do a longer message that I wouldn't be able to do when there's less traffic and the light turns yellow. I'm waiting for more people to come. I like to have at least two cars before I start teaching because I deal with the subject and build everything around a subject. So it's important that people hear what I'm talking about so that they can follow the story. And those go anywhere from like 45 seconds, some down to like five seconds. And then the five-second lights, depending on how the lights are changing, sometimes I just tell them, no matter what you've been through today or what you're going to go through later, I want you to be blessed and know that you are loved. It's an honor and blessing to see all my brothers and sisters from all backgrounds and all nations to be able to see you because you're above ground. You affect people whether you know it or not. And you affect me positively because some of y'all did not have to come this way. And I got a chance to see you. And that was a blessing to me because I see people that I have never seen before in my life. And I'm waving at you. Beautiful. And the light changes. Something, I would say, tragic happened to you recently. Yes. And derailed what we're planning, but also derailed your life a lot. And I just... If you're comfortable, would you kind of mind sharing what's happened? Because I know a lot of people saw in the news that you were attacked or saw on Facebook. But I wanted people to hear from you kind of what's happened and we can kind of talk what you've learned about it. It's been three weeks now. And uh, this is this is not painful. I'm, I'm celebrating my life. I didn't realize how close I was to death until an individual, 12 o'clock during the day before I was headed out to teach and share with my brothers and sisters on the block, broke my window and was outside. I gave him some choice words to get away from my property and leave me alone, and looking at him, I could tell he was underneath the influence. So not only was I dealing with an individual that was bigger than me, I was dealing with somebody that was numb to reality and common sense. Mm -hmm. I went back, and that's when he um, cursed because he had fell. Mm -hmm. 
fight or flight. If you come into my private domain, I'm not going to go running out the front door. What's to prevent you from doing it again? Mm-hmm. So I started fighting, and um, that's when I realized he had a big knife. And so, as Bob Marley said in one of his songs, "No woman will cry." Um, my fear was my only carriage is that this person I knew was not there at 12 o'clock during the day to be sociable. I started fighting. He didn't like that. And I've got defensive wounds all over my hand. I got stabbed up. The surgeons at Charlotte Mecklenburg Hospital did a, a good job stitching me back together. But I was fighting for my life, and I cared anybody. When you deal with somebody that's attacking you, fight. Don't give up. Just fight. I didn't know whether I would live or die, and that's not what scared me. What scared me and kept me alive is that all the people that love me and I, fi- I found out there's more that really love me and, and I care about me, leaving them hanging. Yeah. And them not knowing what in the world happened. And also I wanted to represent the kingdom of God, my heavenly father, that even though things may look down and somebody has a bigger hand or advantage over you, you fight and let, you know, God take care of the rest. And um, he got me up after the incident, and I was able to make it out into the breezeway, crawling on my butt. I couldn't stand up anymore. I lost too much blood. The investigators said they never saw an apartment with that much blood in it, and nobody died. Wow. You still are the person who attacked you is out there and surely that does, does that, is that something that looms over you when you think about it? Huh? Does it like loom over you? Do you think about it? Are you concerned? Um, well, if I wasn't, I put, <laughs> um, when I was in a hospital, people, family couldn't get to me. Mm-hmm. because the whole security protocol has changed, and they couldn't get to me. Um, my youngest daughter was looking for me, and I was in a place to where I was there in the hospital, but they was not giving out any information. So our whole security apparatus has changed. I'm more aware of that whenever you're going up towards the light, being positive, you have those with criminal minds, criminal experience that want to do things to stop brotherly love, sisterly love. 
and prevent that from happening. It's like turning on a light and a and a kitchen that's loaded with cockroaches. When that light comes on and people are looking at the light, it exposes cockroaches, mm-hmm. and they're not happy about that. And so we we're we're doing a lot of things differently. That's why I'm doing a podcast. I'm gonna spend less time um, being as visible, unless we have everything in place so far as security goes and yeah. stuff like that. It's got to that point. And you have a. It seems like, and I've been around it. Is you have a very strong support system. You have people who are taking really, really good care of you. Um, yes. And then also, you've told me you've you've the amount of letters and people reaching out. What is it like? You, you you're in the hospital and now you're in recovery from this tragic thing that should be so sad. But you you almost seem positive about it because all the things you've heard from people and all the messages. What what is that feeling like? It's uh. It's overwhelming. When I was in the hospital and me being all cut up and everything, I knew I was going to go back to doing what I was doing as soon as I healed up. But I didn't know if I I had the carriage, but I didn't know how to proceed forward. And when I saw all the letters, I mean, from Waxhaw, from South Carolina, from places and towns that are in the Carolinas. We were having, we were sitting down talking the other day, and a young lady came up and said, are you the guy I saw on Facebook? Right, it's, right, right. And she wasn't even from Yeah, Charlotte. she said, I just was staying here, and, and I recognize you from someone sharing on Facebook. Right. And so that was through her friend. She had shared and sent it to her friend. And I forget what town she was from. I think it was Virginia or something. But, uh, yes. And so that that's began my psychological, my mental healing to where I made the right call to fight for my life. I survived. I have a team of um, people from the nations and different backgrounds that really have appreciated what I've been trying to do without asking um, anybody. I smile and wave at everybody mm-hmm. and uh, without asking anybody for anything, anything that people have shared a gift that they wanted to share with me, being happy and celebrating my life while I'm still alive because some people was putting with candles, rest in peace. They thought I had died. And what most people, when they die, they don't realize how many people they infected into their dead. And so they never have a chance to say thank you. Thank you for seeing what I've been trying to do. So here I am. Some people thinking I'm dead, and I have a chance to say it now. Brothers and sisters, your outpouring, your prayers, your love, the conversations that you've had about me, and a chance for you to reflect on the things that we are doing collectively 
to make the Queen City wear that crown proudly at every intersection that we've been able to accomplish. And it means so much to me. It, it's, it's healing me, and it has healed me. And once again, I didn't ask you for it. You did it from your heart. So you will have your reward. Not when you get to heaven, you're going to have it now. And that's why one of the reasons I'm doing a podcast to let you know you are much loved and much appreciated. And we are all family. Well, that's a great segue. You've been—it's almost like you've been doing podcasts for a while. You're—you're you're already doing segues <laughs> into the next subject. Um, the podcast. Uh, so we'll be doing seven of these. This will be the last time you hear my voice. So that you'll be doing seven different messages after that. What kind of gave you the idea to do this? What, why? Why a podcast? Um, there's a sister of mine, and um, I have another brother. And it was like, we've got to get him off the street because he doesn't realize everybody, well, a lot of people know him in Charlotte. And I just feel like with him carrying all his luggage, his bags and stuff, he's a target. They see him out there all day long. He's by himself. Let's do something. So my sister Hannah was like, we can do a podcast i know some people that's in a podcast we can do a podcast where he can still do what he was called to do and make it a little bit safer for him because you know he's um we don't want to lose him and um not to violence anything Mm -hmm. and uh we was in a process of getting this going when i got attacked so the podcast where I get 90 seconds at a good light, this gives me more time to go in more detail about the subjects that we're going to be speaking on. And so it'll be more well-rounded with more info instead of me knowing that time's up and it's time to just thank those that took turn down their car radios that listen to me or let the window down and hear what I had to say, you know, about it. My thing is this. Some people like my message one day and relate to it because it resonates on an individual level with them. And the next day, I'll be speaking about a different message. And I change my messages every four or five lights with no notes because I'm easily bored. <laughs> I said, I want to keep it fresh. And so the next day, it didn't resonate with the spirit as much. But what does resonate, hey, this brother's out being a community servant mm-hmm. and trying to help us to overstand. We are all from a creator. You know, we are all connected. In the podcast, what's the name of it? <laughs> Messages from Moses. So this is the first episode out of it, 
and then yeah. we'll be releasing seven um, at a time to be determined. we got to figure them out and met- record them, but we wanted to get your story out there first to excite people. And if you're interested, uh, go to messagesfrommoses.com. We'll have a little website built out with your story, your photo, and people will be able to listen to this episode. And please share it. Share uh, Moses' story. Um, and then subscribe and be ready for those first messages to hit uh, your speakers. Moses, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for letting me be part of this. Well, I want to thank you. I want to... Um, there's so many people that have done so much for me. Um, and I, um, I, I want to thank an awesome um, group of people that have that does a lot for the Charlotte area. Always have them in your prayers. And if um, if you're able to look out for them, they're nonprofits. One is MacFuse. They work a lot with people that have been homeless and are trying to get back on their feet. And they work in conjunction with Urban Ministries. These are two phenomenal uh, groups, and they have supporters from all religions, and they live up to what they are doing. They've made a difference in my life and a lot of people's lives. Yeah, that's in. So, if someone listens to this and someone begins to listen to the seven of the first messages, what, and we'll end it on this, what do you want them to get out of what you're sharing? I want them to see that with right knowledge, knowledge is knowledge. You got raw knowledge that's powerful. You see how this world, people with raw knowledge, like what happened to me being attacked, with raw knowledge seem like they're going crazy. And that goes back to Psalms 82, how long are you going to let this go on? Um, with raw knowledge. But right knowledge is more powerful than wrong knowledge because you can't take wrong knowledge even though you're going to live forever. Um, you're immortal because even the Bible testifies to itself saying that you're going to spend eternity somewhere. It might not be where you want to be at, but it's where you deserve to be at. Right knowledge to get you where you want to be at. And that's a place of peace, rest, comfort in heaven. They will not be selling door locks or car alarms. We're going to go back to having some peace, and our children can walk to the park hand in hand without worrying about the boogeyman abducting them and hurting them. And that's the side that I want to be on with right knowledge. I want them to listen to me. A sister told me one time, and I remember children. I asked her, I said, where are your children at today? She said, I'm getting ready to go and pick them up. She said, but for years I, I saw you and I thought you were crazy. You know, just a man on the corner shouting to the top of his lungs. And my son told me, Mom, he's not crazy. You have to listen to him. 
She said, I started listening. And my son's right. You're not crazy at all. You make a lot of sense. That's the best compliment to me. And I needed that because not many people were waving back over that segment of time. And when she gave me that, it made it all worthwhile and put it back into perspective for me. And so she's like, she listens and the children listen. I have a lot of, I have a lot of uh, followers, and I, I see how many I have now after this, um, this event happened with being attacked. People have became more vocal because we could have lost them. And it's brought people, families closer together. That's my brother, so-and-so. But at the same time, that's my brother. We, we don't really get along. Let's find out what we can get along going. He likes this football team or whatever like that. Maybe I can just call and talk to him about the game and what he's got planned for it. Is he cooking out or whatever? We got we to gotta make ourselves available. We've got to go out and pursue those that we should be in contact with, showing the love that we represent no matter the, the traditions or beliefs that they, um, that they have in them represent. If your God is about love, like my father says, how can you love me that you don't see? You cannot love your brothers and sisters that you do see. You love a God that destroyed the whole earth with the flood. And when I did, I made a vow to every living creature on a planet that he created. I'll never do it again and sealed it with a rainbow. And you can't love your brother and sister that you do see. And you can't even see me, but you see my rainbow. So make a difference.